It's Tuesday, December 7th, and while Paul is on a plane, I'm sitting here with the man, the myth, the legend, our good friend, Tim Cox, the first ever guest host. Everywhere I go, the people really want to know who I is and who I be. They stop and stare when they see me. If it's there, there's no need to repeat. Good morning, Tim. Good morning, brother. How are you? That, uh, that music made my head bob a little bit this morning. It has to make your head bob, if doesn't it? If your head doesn't bob hearing music like that, then your bobber's broke, I think. I've talked stuff. to a couple people that that have literally just said, I listen to your podcast for the front and end music, <laughs> which nice. I guess is fine. If you miss all, all the right, rest, well, or, it'll, or, keep, it'll keep you humble. Yes, exactly. It's like, hey, the middle part, you know, I can do without, but give me the front and the end music, right? <laughs> Perfect. So I, I, my first question, Tim, is uh, last week you had a monumentous occasion in your life and you yes. turned the grand old age of two zero, I mean five zero. Yeah. How's it feel, sir? I got to tell you, I had some anxiety. And, and the funny thing is I, I can remember turning 30 and calling my dad like freaking out and he kind of <laughs> laughed at me. He's like, what are you kidding me right now? And and I kind of went through the same thing, uh, you know, as I approach because, you know, I don't want to say this is a young man's game, but, you know, tech, software company, that type of thing. You know, um, the, the the hair hasn't grayed too much yet, but, um, you know, but it just turned into this sense of gratefulness, mm. just a sense of thankfulness, gratefulness. Um I actually, uh, my wife and I got on a plane and went to Kennebunkport, Maine, and uh, they, it was like top five greatest Christmas towns in all of the country. So we did that. But on the plane, oh, man. my family put together, my kids, my wife, my, my, my dad, all, you know, put together this video for me. And we're on the plane and I'm like crying. Like, yes. I'm like, wow. <laughs> and then my partner, Andy, um, I, I go to his house. So, so we, we spent, uh, we spent my birthday with, with my partners here at Carnell and, and then my, my Carnell, as I call them, La Familia, uh, my Carnell family, um, they did a video as well where, you know, so many people, and then they, they edited it all together and I teared up again. So, so it, it just, you know, we can complain about it and I'm fit, but, but, but what, what the Lord has blessed us with the, the, the people around us is just a, a sense of just immense gratefulness. So thank you for saying that. But yeah, I just, uh, it, it, it was a little overwhelming. It was, it was great stuff. That's awesome. That's good to hear. Um, I, you know, speaking of La Familia, I, and I, this is, this is the moment where we do one of these numbers. Segway. Time. Nice. And we do a little segue. So the segue today is uh, I figured normally when Tim starts talking, he starts talking about La Familia, his car now family uh, that gets extended into the rest of the industry because they just draw us in. Right. Um, but I, this, I cannot get out of my head the article and the news story that's been circulating about this. Better.com CEO. Have you heard this story? that he laid off like 300 people on a Zoom call. No, no, I, I guess I should have been better prepared, but I have not read no, that. No, not at all. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I that's, not, that. that's not the part of the story that I'm most interested in kind of getting a little bit of your feedback in. But the, the short of it is essentially Better.com CEO uh, 
gets on a Zoom call with like 300 employees and says, if you're on this Zoom call, you're getting laid off. In a oh, three-minute Zoom, yeah, genius, right? <laughs> uh, uh, all of the care in the world, not. And, and I think the resounding you know, information is that that was uh, an uncaring way to do that. But what I found really interesting was later on, uh, there was uh, kind of a, a piece that he put out that essentially said, hey, for all of the clients that are out there that are better.com clients, we were really doing you service because all of these employees were stealing from you because they were only working two hours a day based on productivity guidelines, answered calls, missed calls, all this type of stuff. And um, so what I find really interesting about that is it obviously a very remote workforce, right, which you're dealing with and you have dealt with for a long time and even more since the pandemic. And there are others in your shoes, especially in, in the vendor space and automotive. Um, but you know, it's interesting to me that um, that productivity was measured at such a degree that it wasn't the outcomes that that they were that they were looking at, but rather the actual productivity of a clocking day. And I wanted to kind of get your feedback on how you know dealing with a remote workforce and caring for your people, you know, remotely. Um, how that interaction has been going because you guys have always dealt with re remote people at some level uh, and then and then how how that's kind of pushing you forward to like make sure you're measuring your people holding them accountable but also understanding that they're that they're getting the job done based on them being adults and how does how does the car now family kind of handle that um, handle that pressure of a, of a all remote workforce well like you said <clears throat> it's been that way since the beginning but um you know you do measure it on on um on results you measure it on um uh, you know what the dealers are saying about the team that happens to be obviously with with as many dealers as we have and as many people as we have you know you you measure it by the feedback of the dealerships uh that we are in and not everybody goes into the dealership but you know this past year uh as we close out the remaining weeks of the year i'm happy to to let you know that 43% 43% of the entire uh, Carnow family was promoted this year. Wow. Um, so that has a lot to do with, obviously, uh, in the, those 43% individual production, uh, obviously being team players. And then, quite frankly, our growth, uh, as we continue to grow, more opportunity comes to where we have to elevate people and therefore backfill and so on and so forth. So you know, there's no magic. I, look, and a lot, and I'm so humbled that, you know, when people, when I have the privilege or anybody from our team has the privilege, that's one of the first thing that they talk about is they hear about Carnot culture. They hear about La Familia, as we say, they hear about this stuff and they want to talk about it. You know, Glenn and Brian Pash, you know, where the heck do you get your people? They're always happy. They're all, you know, and, um, you know, I, I think there's, there's two words, not that there's a, ma and, and look, before we, 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 we start patting ourselves or, and number one, I don't like to say I ever, it's we, before we start patting ourselves on the back, you know, there's things and, and nothing's perfect. Uh, we have people leave, people have left, right. right? We have, you know, there's, 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 there's people that just aren't a fit, probably pretty, really good people, just not a fit. So it isn't this utopian environment to where there's rainbows and jelly beans at the end, you know, let's just be really, I mean, let's just, as my dad, as a, a Baptist preacher used to say, let's throw the feed where the chickens can get it. We're going to keep it real for you. So, so, but overall, 
it's the law. There's it's as Maxwell to steal a line from him and 21 irrefutable laws of leadership is number one, the law of attraction. Uh, people like you and others, there's something going on there and I'm attracted to it. Uh, and the people that, you know, obviously come on board, they're attracted to something that's going on, whether it's our technology, whether it's the announcements, whether, whether they hear, whether, and then it's the law of duplication. Okay. Serve is a big word. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody that's on our team, uh, there, there's, you're going to serve, um, and you're going to serve our people. And even if you are boss, uh, you are serving the people that call you boss. And therefore, uh, and that mentality creates an environment and a culture to where they serve our dealers. And then, um, that's, that's, that's where you get the La Familia culture and, uh, Carnell mentality for sure. Yeah. Is that, you know, I think of a lot of, a lot of our listeners are, are on the dealer side, right? Uh, whether it be in the sales department or marketing department or operational leadership, you know, there are, um, there are certain unique advantages to being in person with every sing- with everybody every day where you can like make those touch points, you know, check in on people at, you know, the face to face level, but also as an industry on the dealer side, we, we have a history of not having a high retention level, not having places where 43% of our people can get promoted in a year. And, and obviously, you know, scale has, has something to do with that. But, uh, I, you know, you used to be on the franchise retail side and probably carried a lot of your feelings, sentiment, activity into, you know, as you built car now. Um, but, but what's, what do you see as like the opportunity, um, from, from a dealership perspective to kind of like craft that type of culture where there is an attractional model where, because typically like we think about a dealership, it's not attractive, right? So how do we create the attractive model that you're kind of talking about and that service model inside the dealership and, and where have you seen wins, you know, whether personally or, or other people around? Well, I've seen it and, and I hate, uh, you know, on podcasts, the only bad thing about because we have a limited amount of time here um, and I, I go to amazing dealerships across the country and, and I hate mentioning them because then if I forget somebody, you know, but let, let's just let's start in Atlanta since I'm here in Atlanta. I've seen this twice uh, to where it's modeled out beautifully. My buddy, Kevin, who I know, you know, uh, at uh, the Butler Group the, the, in, in yeah. South Atlanta does a phenomenal job. Again, we can have a whole podcast on what he's done there. And then Patrick at Beaver Toyota. Uh, I saw it with my own eyes. I saw it to where he has listed even in his quick lube, if a quick lube tech wants to, um, if a quick lube tech wants to move up and get on the line and get into uh, eventually be an A tech and, and continue to move up the ladder, listed in that quick lube uh, shop is what you have to do to get there. So every single uh, position in his dealership, there are there is a roadmap on getting to the next level. And some people might not want to do that. Um, some people just want, there's nothing wrong. That's that, that, you know, being a salesperson is a great gig being a, being, a, you know, be happy where you're at. But even, uh, in the detail department, he's got literally everything listed out. And, you know, Patrick came from Tampa and, uh, and I'm going to, I'm going to really butcher this, but I think, I, I think 40, 50 people, I, something stupid, uh, I think it was between 40 and 50 people literally followed him from Tampa to Atlanta 
That's leadership. Wow. You ask what it looks like inside the dealership. Um, that's what it looks like. Uh, when, when, when Kevin uh, at, at Lexus South Atlanta, when he first get, got there to a dealership that had a horrible location, I mean, not horrible location, horrible uh, reputation, excuse me. He brought all the managers in. And the first thing he did was say, okay, give me everybody's business card. Threw all the business cards in, in a pile in the middle of his conference room desk and said, guess what? Now I don't care where you're just manager. And let's, and let's, we're one team. Let's just serve our customers, serve our customers, serve our customers. Not, and it was painful, but now, you know, one of the highest CSIs in all of uh, the Southeast region. I mean, just, just, but that's what happens when you have that servant mentality. And, and the two, I, just, I do have to tell you just this, because this is powerful and don't miss it. The two biggest cancers per se in any organization, I don't care if you're selling popsicles or you're selling $100,000 Lexus or Porsche or whatever you're selling is number one, insecurity and number two, pride. And they might be the same thing. Mm. But we've all seen it in our organization. You got to cut it out. You got to cut it out. We've seen it in our organizations before to where the politics and jockeying, cut it out. Creating an environment to where, you know, people understand that they're not going to have to beat their chest. Creating an environment to where their immediate supervisor immediately sees how well they're working and what they're doing and then um, and then moves them forward. So I, I would encourage anyone, again, no matter what business, to make sure that the insecurities, the politics, and the pride is cut out. And that's when you start creating these organizations like Patrick has at Beaver and, and my buddy Kevin has. You know what, uh, I, again, you know what I love other- about that is, is, you know, a lot of times pride is personal, insecurity is personal. But what leadership can do is what you just expressed is you know, looking at actually seeing your people because that's all that pride and insecurity is, is it's a feeling of not being seen. Therefore, I have to exert something, right? And so the the ability for leadership to look at people and say you're seen by action or reward or acknowledgement, right? I think that there's so much that leadership can do to, to give people that type of security and and then then they be then they become owners right and they really feel bought in um well look i don't this is me this is what is so exciting i love having you on any podcast or just having a phone call so if you don't know tim you should know tim uh because i'm telling you what this guy has wisdom and he's a good friend and an encourager and i am so blessed to have known you this year and i'm so glad to have had you on podcast and continue uh to be encouraged by you so thank you sir for joining me and being the first ever co-host on the automotive troublemaker that 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 is uh they can't take that away from me no one can (laughs) ever take that away from me and uh, that's a great birthday present so thank you very much there you go well awesome well as you get going on this tuesday be encouraged that you have the capacity to lead at the level that Tim has talked about this morning. I'm getting on a plane this morning. We're going all over the country. Let's go. go. The people really want